We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word. It's a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? What's a Tar Heel? I, I never, I've a never defeated gotten, foe. I've never gotten a good answer as to what one of those in is. In both men's football and men's basketball. Yes. We own you, North Carolina. We own that state. <laughs> that is our state now. We're like the conquistadors. I don't want to give any bulletin board material of future years, but... We can't own Hubert, our, we're Hubert, not owning our state this year, so at least we can own their state. Yeah. And, well, we don't own their state because there's also Duke and NC State and Wake Forest. We own Duke. We own them. You saw what we did to them this year. Yeah, we won and then lost. Shh, don't take away my dreams. <laughs> Are we going to edit that out? That no, was, that we're was keeping that in. a little creepy. Ah, well, they could they could enjoy it on their ride home. We uh, one of the upgrades to our show is Joshua has brought in a legit podcast mic. I don't know if you've been able to tell the audio quality. That is the first time that would really crush me the, if they said no. In the <laughs> really crush me. Well, that would talk to your editing skills. But th- this was the first time Joshua literally got very close to the microphone. So those are that's that's now forty five seconds. You guys won't get back one for his talking, and now for me. Uh, rambling on and on like a rambling wreck well, if, from Georgia Tech. If they've listened to this show, they know this is, this is what we do. They just skipped ahead 30 seconds. All right, yes. on to the news, this, on to the show. That's what I do with shows with ads. Yeah, so. absolutely. You do have headphones on, which is another addition. So did it sound okay in the headphones? It sounded good. It's, it, okay. it, the, the audio quality gets even better when you get up there. So should I do the whole show like that? Okay, Please we got to stop. People are not going to stay with us. All right, we have lots of news to get to. We are going to talk a little tennis. We're going to talk a little track and field. We're going to talk, uh, Joshua has a baseball preview that we're going to do. We're going to talk women's and men's basketball. We wanted to start the show as Joshua whispered or, or said almost inaudibly into the fantastic microphone, We owned North Carolina. We are recording this on Wednesday morning, the 31st. We were actually going to record yesterday, and it was going to be a much different show because it was much the same with the basketball team. And then to quote Damon Stoudemire on his post-game press conference, or actually he quoted himself being quoted on the ACC Coaches Show, I got a crazy team, man. I love these guys, but man, we're a crazy team. And that continues, and I hope... At least you're excited because there's some good in the craziness. And we've always wanted to acknowledge the good. So we're going to talk about that. But before we talk about any of that stuff, Joshua, I believe you have to acknowledge something. I do. We were in attendance this weekend at one of the biggest WWE events of the year, the Royal Rumble. And we got to witness firsthand and we got to pay our respects and acknowledge the tribal chief Roman Reigns, who once again defended his title, beat not one, not two, but three men in a fatal four-way match. He took down the Viper Randy Orton. He took down AJ Styles and the megastar L.A. Knight. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can tell you we were rooting for L.A. Knight. But 
Roman Reigns winning just upholds the the Samoan dynasty that he has built, the Georgia Tech dynasty that he has built. That's so, right. Mr. Mr. Reigns, sir, we acknowledge we you. We acknowledge you. At this as of this recording, 1248 days as WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. So, we got that out of the way. All right, let's get to the other Georgia Tech news. I want to kick off the show with a couple of things. We have not really talked a lot about track and field. And while I do not have any specific track and field stuff, they they are in the midst of their spring schedule uh, doing their outdoor invitationals. They just came back from, I believe, an invitational at Clemson. Uh, and we'll start talking about them as, as the season goes on. There's still a little bit of time before we get into the ACC uh, championships and stuff and national championships. I do want to acknowledge and do want to point out that this year's ACC outdoor track and field championships are going to be held at Georgia Tech. So May 9th through the 11th at Georgia Tech's George C. Griffin track, hmm. the ACC outdoor track and field championships are going to be here in Atlanta. So you can certainly go to uh, ramblerrec.com to find out how you can get tickets. And I'm sure there will be other places to get that. But if you ever wanted to see some college competition up close and personal, definitely check out uh, the ACC championships being hosted at Georgia It's Tech. like going to a minor league baseball game. You get to go, hey, that Olympic champion, I saw him before he was an Olympian. I saw him in college. Exactly, exactly. One other piece of news that I wanted to bring before we get it, or before Joshua talks about baseball, I do want to shout out the men's tennis team. They are currently standing at 6-1 and one overall, and 5-0 uh, and oh at home, and, and have only lost one uh, match on the, on the road. And so just for this kickoff of this spring schedule, we had talked about them defeating uh, Brown 6-0. Uh, they also defeated Alabama uh, 5-2. They defeated Presbyterian 7-0, Sanford 7-0, Wofford 7-0. Uh, and then this past weekend, they had their first loss. They went on the road, lost at Pepperdine, uh, three matches to four. But turned it around quickly again and defeated on the road or at a neutral site in Malibu. They defeated UCSB four to three. Santa Barbara. There you go. So they're coming back. Uh, they start uh, this week. Uh, this weekend they'll be playing Georgia State. Then they've got a match against Georgia uh, on the sixth of February. So they're kind of getting into the teeth of their schedule. But man, nice start for the men's tennis program. And and by the way, they're not just winning. They're destroying people. Yeah. So I, they're not ranked as I think at this point. I'm not sure if they're ranked uh, at this point, but um, I guess I should have seen that before we get into it. But they, they definitely have a couple of ranked uh, singles and doubles. We kind of talked about that last time. So not sure where the team rankings are at this point. So shout out to the men's tennis team. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. Well, should we get into baseball? Let's do it. My favorite sport. So the Pitchers season. and catchers reporting soon. <laughs> They will be indeed, and the season will be starting at some point soon, but there was a couple great articles over on 24-7 by Rod McKenzie. Uh, go give him a follow on Twitter. He is where I get most of my like football recruiting news because he retweets everything, like every offer, every commitment, every decommitment, every visit, every top 12, 10, 6 recruiting special live. He retweets it all. He's fantastic. So he did a brief uh, preview of the team. So I'm just going to bring you guys the name, some guys to keep an eye on for the team coming in from coach Danny Hall. Um, starting on the infield, the one returning position player starter 
from last year's team is first baseman John Giesler, who hit 338 with eight home runs. So he'll be back. Uh, he's got some pretty stiff competition, although Karsten Sabathia in his second season, he'll be um, pushing for some time. He's kind of the favorite to be the DH this year because he he crushes the ball. He's about as big as his dad was. Um, but he plays a different position. Um, the Up the middle, George Tech will have two transfers as the presumptive starters. Um, second baseman Michael Be- Becchetti coming in from Fairfield. He hit 329. He was all-conference there. Also only made three errors. So he'll be the keystone. And then at shortstop, you've got Peyton Green coming over from NC State. He hit 274, 10 home runs last year in the ACC. Also had nine stolen bases. Um, so a all transfer middle infield, they have a chance to be a very, very good defensive middle infield, which is what we're really looking for. Right. Um, the third base job has kind of been up in the air. It was, it looked like it was going to be Dimitri Diamat, who was a second year player. He started several games at third, even, but Ryan Jaros, who is a freshman, he hit really well in the fall. And so he is kind of – he's put his name in there. We, we're not 100% sure who it's going to be. It might be a platoon anyway. Uh, but he was the number one third baseman in the state of New Jersey, number six in the country in the recruiting class. So he's a big-time talent. It was just because Dimitri had been in the system, it looked like he was had the chance. Um, catcher, this is where the depth is insane. Georgia Tech is, is catcher you, more or less. I mean, Joey Bart, Kevin Paradis. There's been some some very talented guys, but this year it looks like Matthew Ellis coming in from Indiana is going to be the starter. Um, he's a power hitter from Indiana, uh, but you also have Tyler Minnick, who was a backup last year as an early enrollee, so it's his second season. And then Vaughn Lackey was a late addition from the 2023 class, and he's grown four inches since his senior year and 17 pounds since arriving at Tech. So maybe not this year, but Beefy. yeah, I say meaty men. Uh, and then the outfield, obviously all brand new guys. Angelo Despina, Jake DeLeo went to the MLB. Uh, Steven Reed transferred. But you've got Cam Jones coming over from Georgia State. He was a three-time All-Sunbelt, first-team All-Sunbelt player. He's also going to be a, bull, a lefty out of the bullpen. But he, a uh, corner outfielder, career batting average of 341. So he's a beast. And then you've also got Parker Brocious. Um, who was a defensive replacement pinch runner last year. He probably now will be the starter, but you also have Bobby Jmarlak, who came in from Maryland. Uh, He just didn't get to play a lot in the fall because he was hurt. But you've got three good contenders for the corner outfield. But the real star of the team is going to be um, top-rated freshman Drew Burris. He already got a spot on a Cape Cod roster, which if you know college baseball, that's impressive. Cape Cod is like the number one summer league for college players. Mm -hmm. It normally goes to top MLB prospects. Drew Burris had a spot. He's a beast. Uh, On the pitching staff, which if you remember last year was where a lot of the problems came in for Georgia Tech, uh, your main starters, Terry Busey, is going to be a starter after pitching out of the pen last year for most of the year. Um, Also listed Cam Hill, who we just talked. uh, Cam Hill started five games, uh, but he also worked out of the pen. So a lot of guys kind of moving into the rotation from the pen after uh, guys like Jackson Finley left the program. You also have Aiden Finiteri and Logan McGuire. Uh, Logan McGuire did start out last season as the Friday night starter, who then unfortunately suffered an injury and lost his spot. So those are your main four starters out of the bullpen. Uh, ben King came back. Dawson Brown will be back, um, hopefully healthy. You've got Riley Sanford, who is actually a two-way player, but he missed last year. Uh, Tate McKee, Jackson Sobel, and Jackson Vaughn are the other main guys to look at. So... Um, not much to talk about, unfortunately, because again, a lot of those guys were bullpen guys and the bullpen guys are guys that didn't pitch last year. 
So a lot of unknowns with the pitching staff, which was the big problem last year. But the offense looks about as lethal as it was last year as well. It's going to be an interesting year. A lot of new players to talk about, and we'll be trying to follow them as early as we can. Uh, If you remember, the softball team was very young last year, kind of went through some growing pains. going to be interesting to see how they, if they can build and, and get stronger this year. Um, so yeah, it should be an interesting spring. I uh, want to remind everybody that they're, uh, I believe they start their first game here just in a couple weeks, maybe middle of February, but do want to tell you that, of course, before they get into ACC play, the big series is clean old-fashioned hate. And I shout out to both schools because of how they do this. And I, if you've never been to a college baseball game, there is a great opportunity for you to check out Clean Old Fashioned Hate because what they do on the weekend of March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Friday they will play at Tech. Uh, I was going to call it Rush Chandler Stadium, but we call it McNeese Field or something like that now, so I apologize if I messed up the name. They then go to Athens, but why would you want to go see them play in Athens? Although to support the Jackets and laugh at the at the Bulldog fans if we win. And then Sunday... Uh, the third, they will play at Cool Ray Field in Gwinnett County, just uh, off of Georgia Highway 20 in Buford, 3 o'clock game time. So Friday night, 6 o'clock, Saturday, 2 o'clock, and Sunday the 3rd, March 3rd, at Cool Ray, 3 o'clock. So great neutral site game. If you've never seen a game at Cool Ray, great to go watch the college uh, teams, clean old-fashioned hate play at Cool Ray. So that would be a fantastic game to yeah, go see. Absolutely. One other quick piece of news before we get into both uh, men's and women's basketball. I did forget to mention that the swimming and diving team is kind of getting into the teeth of their schedule. Of course, they, from what I saw, they kind of do all year. It's it's interesting. They, they almost never stop or take a very small break. But I did want to shout out freshman diver Max Fowler has been named ACC Diver of the Week for the third time already in his career. In the in his home in the home finale against South Carolina, Fowler shattered the school record for the men's one meter dive with a score of four oh seven point two five. That was four point six five better uh, points better than the previous record. So young freshman Max Fowler already breaking records. So hopefully he will have a, a continued success in even this season and in his tech career. So, all right, Joshua, time to talk about basketball. All righty. How did the women do and, this week? And by the way, at this point, and this is my thing that I always worry about. I wonder if any of our listeners are like checking their watches going, oh my goodness, this show might be under 40 minutes. It won't so, be. No, it will. We're going to do it this time. We're going to we get never, what we need to get. And I'm not going to really rant as long as I normally do. So unfortunately, the uh, the women have had a, a tough stretch here. They lost two games this last week, both to ranked opponents. They lost uh, at Virginia Tech on Thursday the 25th. 87 to 69, never really were in that game. Sunday they had a home game against Florida State, who's ranked number 23 when they came in. We lost 78 67 on uh, at, with that game. That means that the ladies now stand at 13 and 8 overall, 4 and 5 in the conference. Honestly, we've lost four of our last five conference games. The Virginia Tech game, um, as I stated, so they they just they kind of ran into a buzzsaw. Elizabeth Kitley had 29 points. Georgia Amore had 24 points. So it was kind of the Kitley Amore <laughs> uh, show that that had, you know, what, 53 of their 87 points. 
And oh, and then Olivia Sumiel had twelve. So just between those three, pretty and much. Moore also had thirteen assists. Yeah. So Tony Morgan had a fantastic game, twenty six points. Uh, Rusne Augustinate had seventeen points, but uh, and they certainly led the Lady Jackets. Unfortunately, Kara Dunn, who has been a standout this year, one of ten from the field, uh, only had uh, five points, three assists. So just. Not a great game uh, from from one of your top stars. Never really got a lot of help from anybody else. Um, it wasn't, I, I think they just kind of ran into a much better team playing at their uh, home, and, and that hurt. The Florida State game, a little bit different story. Um, we, uh, again, they let somebody else uh, kind of go off. Uh, Tania Latson had 33 against Tech. Uh, oh. Omariah Gordon had 12. Uh, you also had, um, uh, so they had, like I said, they, they uh, had Only two people points. in double figures. Yeah, 20, uh, they, they shot 44% from the field. Five of 19 from three was Florida State. So they kind of made up for it with uh, 12 offensive rebounds. And 19 uh, free throws. Yeah, and, and kind of hit their free throws, 15 to 19. It, good things happen when you hit your free throws. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, for the Lady Jackets, uh, yet again, Tony Morgan, clearly our most consistent player this year, uh, had 16 uh, points, uh, but took five of 13 to do it. So that kind of that kind of you know we did not shoot very well. 38 uh, percent from the field overall, 25 percent from three. So just couldn't quite find the bucket. Uh, Kara Dunn bounced back with a strong game, 19 points on eight of 17 shooting. Uh, and uh, Inez Naguero had 13 points, certainly her best game uh, of the season. But um, just, you know, we had said it at the beginning of the year, this is a growing team. Their, their stars are, are freshmen and sophomore, sophomores. So that, that's not an excuse. It's just a reality. And the ACC is a very strong women's conference this year. A lot of ranked opponents. So kind of difficult for them. But... Uh, they do have uh, in their upcoming schedule here, they've got a couple of, uh, let's see, uh, sorry, I had it and then lost it. They are playing Notre Dame. So they play a couple uh, uh, a couple games that so far kind of going into the unranked part of the, uh, of the conference, playing Notre Dame at home. They go to Wake Forest and then play at Syracuse. Uh, and then, you know, Miami, Clemson. So they're, they're starting to, they kind of went through the buzzsaw they're, they're kind of hurting right now, but they can, they can bounce back. The, certainly the, the, everything's in front of them and they're not at the bottom of the conference. So we'll see how they, how they finish and good luck to them. Kind of get a bounce back here against Notre Dame. Absolutely. Well, should we talk about the men's then? Let's do it. Because I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I've been a basketball fan most of my life and I have never been more confused in my life. Uh, we got two- a crazy team, man. We got a crazy team. There's two games to talk about. We're going to talk about the bad one first. On Saturday, Georgia Tech played Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech is a decent program. They're 13-7 and on the year. They are currently ninth in the ACC because of their 5-5 five and five conference record. Um, but realistically, I mean, everybody's kind of bunched up together in the ACC. There is no one dominant force other than North Carolina, but we'll talk about North Carolina in a second. Right now, it's about the Hokies. And the Hokies, um, for lack of a better term, dog walked the Yellow Jackets when they played them. It was 91-67. to This game was not close. It was 44-28 at half, uh, and it just got 
worse from there, 47 to 39 in the second half on the tech side. By Dongo had a 16 and 9 game on 7 of 13 shots, which I am fairly certain is a career high. Uh, don't quote me on it, but it certainly seems like it. Uh, you also had 11 from Miles Kelly, but he was 4 of 9. And then just nobody else really did much of anything, unfortunately. Kowasi Reeves was 2 of 10 from the field. Nate George had 8 assists, but he was 3 of 10 from the field. Didn't really get much going scoring-wise. Tajon Claude had 8 points and not, uh, 3 rebounds off the bench. And Kyle Sturdivant had 9, but he was, again, 3 of 10. Tech just did not shoot the ball well. 38% from the field, 36% from 3, versus 55% from the field for the Hokies and 44% from 3. Uh, just a, a game that they did not... Did not show up for and did not play well. Two, uh, we had two steals for the whole game. That's that's not going to cut it. That's that's going to cause them to um, to get a lot of easy offense. But and full disclosure, this was the first game of this season that I did not watch. Well, we were busy. We were, we were acknowledging yeah. another uh, Tech alum. So uh, yeah, so so two steals uh, while you have five turnovers, only fourteen assists for us on 25 made field goals, um, and we had only 18 defensive rebounds. Virginia Tech had 29 defensive rebounds. So even though we had 13 offensive rebounds, um, they had 29 defensive rebounds. So we got some offensive rebounds, but it was like we almost couldn't even put in uh, the second hand, second second chance shots. I will say the fight, there was a little bit of fight. At one point, we did get it uh, down to seven, I believe, but then just didn't quite, you know, just just didn't get over the hump, too too big of a, a deficit, and just not playing well. Kind of continued all the things that we had been frustrated with on the last program. Just seemed to continue on this program. Yeah, the defense has definitely gone missing. Um, although it the, came back, it, it it certainly did against the North Carolina Tar Heels, number three in the nation. They were far and away the best team in the ACC. Their defense had been incredible this year. Nine and zero in the conference for the first time yeah, in a they long had, time for them. Ten straight wins for them. They have been on a run, uh, and so they came into McCamish Pavilion, and we had we had said to each other, uh, "I'll be we'll be transparent here." We had said to each other, "This game could get ugly. Yep, it could get ugly." But guess what, guys, fans, loyal listeners, it did not. It was a hard fought, bot, nail tooth and nail game, tied at half. Uh, one point win, seventy four, seventy three for the Yellow Jackets. Um, and in all fairness, I, I'm going to come out and say it now. I think Ebenezer Dewana fouled R.J. Davis on that drive. He did not. I, I, I think I'm he, so, he listen, pushed him. Nope, he did not. I he think did he not. Fouled him. Now, uh, now, well, not so, making that call at in that situation. Right. I'm kind of fine with well, it. Well, here's why. But if there's 12 minutes left in the second half, they call that foul. If, no, because they were letting them play the entire game. There was a lot of hand checking. There was a lot of pushing. There was a there was a lot of they they could have called it very tight. They also and we saw this in an earlier game. They could have let them play and then all of a sudden changed. I got to give a shout out to the to the officiating. They were fairly consistent for almost the entire game. And in the context of that game, that was not a foul. Jay William, I don't care what Jason Williams says. Oh, his hands were down. Well, didn't yeah, Jay Williams a, go to UNC? Jay Williams went to Duke. Uh, one of the two. And l- since we're on that, let me have one rant. Jay Williams, who mentioned at the beginning of the game and started talking about Kyle Sturdivant and how and and Kyle's story of losing his father, coming back here to be with family, and he said he had talked to Sturdivant pregame a little bit, and Sturdivant had talked about reading Jay Williams's book. 
and and you know they were had this nice moment. Then Williams during the second half can't get Sturdivant's name right. Calls him Studebant, calls him Sturdivant, calls him Sturdiva, calls him Studeberg. Well, apparently Sturdivant's Call, a very so, hard name because half the commentators this year haven't gotten his name right. So uh, field reporter Stacy had a great shout out and said, yeah, isn't his name Jason Williamsburg or Jason <laughs> Wilson? So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to, good heavens, if you're going to do the game, get the names right. Yeah. And, and then, I'm sure the producers were talking in his ear, Make a quick apology and then don't make the same mistake. He called him like five different names. So anyway, that's my that's my rant. I'm done. Well, I'm either done. way, it was quite. He had to say his name a lot because yeah, Kyle Sturdivant, <laughs> 18 points, four assists, six of ten shooting, four of four from three with one block. Uh, the most notable part of this game was that By Dongo had to exit the game early. He got hit in the head inadvertently. They had to evaluate him for a head injury. He only played five minutes. He did not return. Only had two points. And Georgia Tech still was able to hang in there. And the main reason, Stephen, Tajon Claude, 9.8 rebounds off the bench, three blocks, and our favorite on the show, Tafarga Pare. Six, he had a game. Six points, eight rebounds, two of five. He had three three blocks three and a blocks. steal. Yep. Um, and, and he was the one largely coming to double Baycott. Anytime they dumped it down to Baycott, they really wouldn't let him get going. Tafar was the main guy who did a lot of the doubling, especially in the second half, and really kind of held them in check. And they forced North Carolina to take a lot of threes, and Carolina went cold from three. If there is a better encapsulation of we've got a crazy team, it is Tafar Gapare. Because in games like this, he shows up and he shows exactly why he is so exciting. And then in games against Boston College and Pitt, it's like this is why he's infuriating. Not even that. In this game, he did the exact same thing. He had a massive dunk at one point, had a great three-point shot. Then he had a breakaway, and he was going down. And I think he was trying to lay the ball off for Claude, and he ended up just kind of throwing it out of bounds. I mean, he had the moments where I'm like, what are you doing? But I got to give him a huge shout out. He rebounded like crazy, made a lot of hard box outs. He really played, he, I think, his best overall game. He had the high point game. The 20 point game yeah. where it was, yeah. But this was, he played a full game and really gave the gave us the length we needed, especially with buy out of the yeah. game. And we haven't even talked about Miles Kelly and Nate George, the the two other leading scorers. Miles Kelly had 15 on 5 of 13, 3 of 6 from 3. And Nate George, whew, 8 of 10 from the free throw line, 16 points, 4 assists, and an absolutely massive bucket, which, you know, we, we criticize. Jay Williams called it uh, coming out of the, the timeout. I was at work, but I was able to turn it on because we were completely dead. Um, said, we're going to, they got a pick and roll, they're going to target Bacot. And they're going to make him guard in space, and that's exactly now he said. And he Sturdivant. said, he yeah, said, he said that they not with Nate George though. So yeah, but I was like, when he said that, I was like, I don't know, man. Nate George is the guy that we trust in these situations, and that's exactly what happened. Nate George got the corner, laid it up high off the glass, and Georgia Tech got there. 74 to 73 lead. The other interesting part is that Damon went 12 deep in this game. Now, when yeah. I say that. Three of the guys only played six minutes or less, but Ibrahim Asako got six minutes, hit a three. Yep. Shout out my boy, yep. Mr. Sako. Yep. Uh, Carter Murphy got four minutes, and Amari Abram got three minutes. Yeah, so I, I a was gonna, mixing and matching. Listen, when Bai went out, I, that, that probably changed some of what he was trying to do. With foul trouble, it changed what he was trying to do. But I'll tell you what else he did. I, I, I mean, Abram and Murphy gave him some energy, gave him some, some, some defense off the bench, uh, and really just... I, I like that Stoudemire played 12 guys. I, I mean, we are we don't have the kind of record where guys who aren't playing a lot 
well, I'm never going to get in. Man, let's, he, Stoudemire has said he's kind of looking for the combination. And I, yeah, I'm with you. Give those three guys uh, a lot of, a lot of shout out. Debo Coleman only played 11 minutes this game. I don't know if it was a matchup thing, but he had a big three, but he had, he had a little bit fewer minutes than, than he's had. And I mean, it was, it was, and then Dewana, uh, I mean, had how many minutes did he, he played like 20 some, he played 17, 17 minutes. Now season high, I, I'm tired of him missing all these layups. Very first play they run, they run that little, uh, Nate, uh, high roll and they roll to the bucket for a lob and Dewana missed that layup and he missed about two or three more. Well, now so we know why he only plays about eight minutes is struggling, but boy, he muscled up uh, Baycott a lot. He gave us really good strength down low. We really restricted a lot of their offensive rebounding. They still got some, but they are a massive, very yeah. talented team. Yeah, they did have 14 offensive rebounds to R7. The big difference uh, when you look at the numbers of is, one, the, they were 36% from the field while Tech was 41, but they were also 53% from the line. Georgia Tech 88, which I'm fairly certain is also a season high. But, um, yeah, I, a lot of things went right for the Yellow Jackets, um, but they were able to scrap and claw and pull this one out due to some very, very inspiring individual performances and an inspiring team performance. It, it, it was their best team performance of the season by far. Um, the, all the things that have been so frustrating because you've seen the potential, there are now four or five games this year where you look at this team and go, that's it. That's the potential. And it's not them playing out of their minds. It wasn't like everything went right for us. You just saw a team fight. You saw a team stay together. You saw a team that is why I'll give Jason Williams credit. He made a comment halfway through the second half about look at how the tech team is together. And North Carolina, listen, you took advantage of North Carolina playing one of their worst games of the season. Every team has it, but good teams find a way to win. North Carolina found a way that, you know, this was one of their worst games, but they were right there and they are a great team. They're they're going to be in the national championship hunt and we got them on we and part of that bad night was our defense. We played really really good defense really stayed together on our defense, went back to the, you know, we fought over every screen, and then they, we've seen it how many times for us, they went cold in the second half, and we took advantage of it. Yeah, um, I would like to see us be a little more aggressive when we have a lead late. We did a little too much just standing around because we don't get good sets when we stand around. Um, but, man, Miles Kelly carried us in the first half. And then Sturdivant and Nate George says we I got it we got it from here because Miles I don't think he scored after the first half but he had a huge first half and he never stopped playing defense we we again we stayed together epitome play late in the second half there's a ball uh, long rebound we're going for it and Sturdivant dives out of bounds to try and saves it goes off Kowasi's knee but that kind of energy and effort going after loose balls that's I haven't seen that. Yeah, and now we just need that kind of energy and this kind of execution against the Pittsburghs and the Virginias and the Louisvilles and the Notre Dames of the ACC because apparently we can only beat the top teams. We cannot beat anybody else. We have three ACC wins. Yes. One against Duke. All teams that were team. ranked at some point this season. Clemson at home at their home and now North Carolina. First time we've beaten a top three team in 20 years. Yeah, no, it's and the, the wins are super impressive for this team this season. 
the part that just continues to not make sense to me is that we we can get up for those games and we can't we can't get up for anybody else. It seems like now, and I think that that's just a sign of a a talented team that is still learning how to be a good team. Because a talented team, if you're locked in and dialed in, you can beat anybody, which we've shown this year. But if we show up against teams like Boston College and we're like, oh, you know, we got this, we beat Duke, we can we can beat Boston College. That kind of mentality is exactly how you end up losing to Boston College. And I think it's it, it's it's a combination of a guy that hasn't been a head coach for a while, kind of figuring out what he how he's gonna do his system and do his culture. Because he said, you know, he wants it to be player led, and I think the players are figuring it out just the same as he is. Um, but yeah, welcome, welcome to the welcome to the fun show. Yeah, I, listen, you you better be getting somewhat excited. You can be frustrated. We were frustrated on the last show, no question about it. But you better be getting excited because when was the last, I mean, Tech has beaten Duke and North Carolina in the same year like eight or nine times in our forty some year history of playing both those teams in the ACC. So it doesn't happen often, and it happened this year. Now, what does the team do with this? What do we do against NC State this weekend? What do we do the, the second half of the ACC schedule? Let's see. It's right there for you guys. You've still got a chance to get yourself up into the near the middle of the conference if you go on a run, or you can continue to be a crazy team and a frustrating team. What was Stoudemire's quote about what kind of car they knew or what they We just, in? we can't drive the speed limit. We, we were either going way too far under or way too far over. And so He's he like, said, I we would, need to drive the speed I would the rather limit. us to just, just go 55 and cruise. <laughs> I'd rather be a little bit more consistent because realistically consistency, if we can beat UNC and Duke, if we play like we played against these teams, we can beat anybody else in the ACC because these are the two best teams in the ACC. I saw a defensive effort in this game that I really hadn't seen much. Yeah, so that they, effort has they, to show up on a Tuesday night against Louisville right. when there's 2,500 people yeah. paying attention, yeah. not against UNC when it's a sold-out crowd. Right, and now we're going to go up to NC State, who's a legit good team, and we get a chance. We we are so playing to the level to an extent, and, and that, again, it's a sign of a team trying to figure out their identity. We said that last week. So, yeah, all right. NC State is also, let me uh, confirm, but they, they are 13-7 and seven on the season, 5-4 and four in the conference. Um, and it looks like they're on a bit of a losing streak themselves, although they did just break it against Miami. But looking at their schedule, they, in recent, they've lost to Virginia Tech. They also lost to Virginia in a 59-53 rock fight. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. As is most Virginia games. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> Um, and then they also lost to Syracuse, but they did beat Miami. They've also beaten Louisville, Virginia, um, Virginia when Virginia was on the road, um, Notre Dame by two. And other than that, uh, not, I mean, they, they're out of conference, notable out of conference games. Uh, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to Ole Miss. They lost to BYU, but they did beat Vanderbilt. So NC State, it, respectfully, it, there is not a marquee win for NC State, it looks like, right now. Because they beat Boston College, but that they took overtime to beat them. Um, Listen, they're they, a tough team. I've, I've they're not a bad team, games. but it doesn't look like they're – because they also lost yeah. to UNC. Like I said, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. Um, they they don't have they don't have a win that we have, but we have a lot of losses that they don't have. Right, and and welcome to the ACC of twenty twenty four. Other you know UNC it's a whole is whole lot of mid, and it, and those mid are all pretty good. It's no. not mid like they're medium. Though. No, I no they're top. I say they're, this respectfully, yeah, Stephen. Whatever, I'm I don't want to hear it. Looking, they're the national basketball writers are pontificating that the ACC might be a three bid league this year. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. They they. 
dude, it's a it's a struggling league, man. It's a struggling league. It's a whole lot of mid beating up on each other. All right, I want to uh, I want to give a shout out to one uh, little comment from the baseball. I forgot to mention it at the end of your baseball thing. Uh, Parker Brocious, if that name sounds familiar, he is the son of a major leaguer, Scott Brocious, former third baseman who played for the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees. Um, Brocious was part of that uh, Yankees squad that first won the World Series uh, in the in the. So what I'm hearing uh, is that Georgia Tech likes legacy players. Specifically, New York Yankees players. Yeah, I don't know. Because they also have Sabathia. Yeah, that's true. All right. So uh, I apologize for ranting on and on, uh, but if you want to rant, uh, certainly send us an email, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. We would love to read your comments on the air, uh, and we would love to possibly call you and get you on the show if you have a take that we need to hear about but we thank you for getting your georgia tech athletic news from us we thank you for listening to our rants and raves if you know any uh friends family or even enemies who uh love georgia tech athletics or would be interested in knowing uh and hearing about them and listening to two idiots talk about them uh then you can ask them the one most important question and then tell them oh by the way it's not just a question it's a podcast joshua what is it what's the good word